Hello, guys. Welcome to the Hustle Faithfully podcast, where determination meets devotion. Follow us today at www.youtube.com slash at Hustle Faithfully. You can also find us streaming on all of the podcast platforms, as well as the Eternal Radio uh, station. Today, we have the distinguished honor and guest with us, Mr. Jim Britt. Jim Britt is an award-winning author of 15 number one international best-selling books. Some of his many titles include Rings of Truth, Unleash Your Authentic Power, The Power of Letting Go, Do This, Get Rich for Entrepreneurs, and the Cracking the Rich Code series. He is an internationally recognized business and life strategist who is highly sought after as a keynote speaker and success strategist. He is one of the world's top 50 speakers and top 20 life and success coaches. In the past 44 years, Jim has presented seminars throughout the world sharing his success strategies and life-enhancing realizations with over five thousand audiences totaling close to two million people from all walks of life early in his career he was business partners with the late jim Rohn for eight years where tony robbins worked under his direction he has received endorsements from many of the greats in the speaking industry including tony robbins jim Rohn, mark victor hansen Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, T. Harvecker, Dr. Dennis Whateley, Les Brown, Brian Tracy, and many more. And we had the privilege of having Mr. Jim Britt with us joining the Hustle Faithfully podcast. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me here. Thank you. It is a great honor. We're in a series called From Burnout to Breakthrough where we're having amazing people such as yourself come on and tell us about when they experienced what is perceived as burnout by many and how they ultimately overcame that burnout to become successful and to reach their breakthrough. So could you share a story with us about when you experienced burnout and you overcame it and reached your breakthrough point? Yeah, you know, I could probably uh, share more than one, but uh, the major one that that happened uh, before that, uh, just to kind of lead up to it, uh, I'm a high school dropout, um, made it about halfway through the 10th grade and wished I'd have quit in the 8th, but uh, uh, I I was a little too young, I guess, to walk out, but... you know, my only jobs I ever had was picking cotton. Um, and I think I experienced a burnout there. <laughs> thinking, no, this is not going to get me anywhere. Uh, uh, we were getting paid two cents a pound back then. The cotton doesn't weigh very much. So uh, that was my first job at six years old, up until I was about 12. Uh, then I pumped gas for a couple of years. And I also realized there, working hard with your own two hands by the hour is not going to get you ahead financially. And um, I went from there to my dream job, working in a factory on an assembly line. And I lasted about two and a half years there. And and actually, I was the number one employee out of 9,000 people. I was the the fastest gun, so to speak. We uh, wired telephone switchboard with these little wire guns. And 
And I uh, realized that wasn't really my dream job after uh, after being there two and a half years. And I got introduced, my first business venture, I got introduced to a direct sales company. I uh, didn't know anything about selling, never sold anything in my life. Didn't know what, well, I don't think they even called it direct sales back then. Uh, it was just a business opportunity. And it cost me $4,000 to get started uh, with inventory. And, and I had $9 in the bank and I didn't know anybody that had any more money than I had at that time. Uh, so I went to 23 banks and loan companies to borrow the, the 4,000, got started. And my training was, the guy says, it, it took him about 30 seconds. He says, uh, you want to make a lot of money here. He, he said, if you talk a little, you'll earn a little. If you talk a lot, you'll earn a lot. And your job is talking to people. So how many you want to talk to every day? I said, well, what's a lot? And he said, 10. And I said, okay, that's what I'll do because I want to get rich here. And I didn't know what rich was. It was rich was making more money than I was making, I guess. But um, <laughs> right. so I, I, I committed to 10. I went in the next morning and quit my job, gave them a week's notice and went out and talked to 10 people every day for a year. Uh, 3,650 people, uh, minimum. I, some days I talked to more than that, never less than 10 a day. And I made one sale during that year. How I survived, I sold stuff that I had. I sold fishing equipment and hunting equipment and all kinds of things just to buy food. And I'm standing, the burnout point, I'm standing on, in my kitchen looking out the window and I'm thinking, it's been a year. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? You know, I, I looked out the front on the driveway. Both of my vehicles were gone because they had been repoed. Mm. My home had been foreclosed. I had a notice on the door from the sheriff saying you have to be out in five days. Um, all of my furniture had been taken except for a few sticks because I had a, a lean against those. And I had a wife and a child. And I reached in my pocket and I had 15 cents. That was it. And I thought, what am I going to do? And I thought about it for a little bit and I thought, well, maybe I'll just go back to the factory. My first thought was I can't even get there. I don't have a car. And my second thought was, nope, I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going back to where I started. And then my third thought was, well, what are you going to do? And then it came to me that I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep moving forward. Now, the problem was, is we had no food in the house. And so I, the one customer I had was a builder that I'd done a lot of work for. When it, During the ninth grade, we built a home during shop class. So I knew all of the trades. And, and I'd done a little work for him during the summer and a couple of years during the summer. He was the largest builder in Oklahoma City where I lived at the time. And he bought a five gallon container of carpet shampoo from me uh, six months earlier. So I grabbed a five gallon container and I carried it almost three miles in the Oklahoma heat in the middle of the summer, um, set it down a few times, broke down a couple of times thinking, what am I doing? You know, is this stupid? Finally get to his, his uh, office, hoping, praying that he was going to buy this five gallons. And he was standing in the lobby when I walked in and I said, Man, I said, I, I thought you were about out of carpet shampoo. It's been about six months, so I brought you a five-gallon. I hope, hope you can utilize it. And he, he goes, yeah, I think we're pretty close to out. He said, turned to Mary, and he said, Mary, cut him a check for this. I'm going, yes. So I got the money for food, nothing else. 
And he said, hey, do you, do you have a do you have a few minutes? I said, sure, what for? And he said, my brother and I'd like to talk with you. So I went in the office and we sat down and, and he said, we'd like to offer you an opportunity to, to uh, kind of co-build an apartment complex with us. And I said, well, you know, my business is going okay, but I don't, I don't really have money to invest. All the money I had was in the check he just gave me. <laughs> and he said, no, no, we want to invest in you. So long story short, what he explained was he wanted, he, they wanted to try something new and they built apartment complexes all over a uh, five state area. And he wanted to try something new. And he said, what we're going to do, he said, we will, we, we trust you. We, we think you're very talented. We think you know what you're doing. And he said, we'd like to have you build this project. It's 52 units. And he says, um, we'll pay you 300 bucks a week. In my mind, I'm going, I'm in. And he said, and it'll furnish you a car, which I didn't have. And if you want it, we'll furnish you with a three-bedroom furnished apartment. Wow. The three things that I needed. Yeah. And and he said, and we're going to give you, it's 52 units. He said, we're going to give you uh, 12 months to build it. Normally, it takes 14 for a project like this. Wow. He said, if you build it in 14, you know, you, you, you've come out ahead, you made some money. He said, if you build it in 12, he said, we'll pay you a $60,000 bonus. Whoa. Wow. Okay. And for every day that you, you go past 12 months, we'll take that thousand dollar bonus, a thousand dollars per day bonus away until mm -hmm. it's gone. So if you go full for 14 months, you don't earn a bonus. He said, if you finish it in 12 months, you get the 60,000. And for every day you finish early on that, he said, we'll add another thousand a day. Wow. Man. And we'll give you half of anything you save. We know how much waste there's going to be, how much uh, um, uh, theft and that type of thing. He said, whatever you save there, we know we calculate a percentage. And he said, you can have half of that. And he said, and if you finish it in less than 12 months, you'll end up with 15% ownership in the property. Oh, my wow. <laughs> and, and so I took the deal. Yeah. So he said, we got the property, we got the plans, we got the permit, he gave me the plans. I started looking at the plans. There were eight buildings on the, on the site. And he gave me a list of contractors, framing contractor, plumbers, you know, con concrete, all that kind of stuff. So I'm looking at it and I'm going, you know, what if I, what if I did a, uh, a eight concrete, concrete finishers instead of one? What if I did eight plumbers instead of one? Mm -hmm. What about eight framing contractors instead of one? Wow. Uh, which is what I did. And I built it in eight months. Wow. Mm -hmm. So with everything I got from that, I ended up earning about a half a million dollars going from 15% to half a million. But the other thing that happened was there was a, a when I got back home that first day, mm -hmm. two hours later, there was a knock on the door and it was somebody from the direct sales company. And he said, I understand you're a hard worker, but you're not making any money. Can we talk? We spent about two hours. Actually, we had to sit on my floor. I didn't have a sofa or anything. It had been repoed. And um, he taught me 
first thing, what I was doing wrong and then what I needed to be doing. And over the next 12 months, that project earned me almost a half a million dollars. Nice. So I went from 15 cents to millionaire in one year. Wow. Wow. And I was that close to quitting. Mm-hmm. And because I even look back at it and go, why did I do that? I mean, here I sat with, with a family, no money, no food, no place to live, no car to drive, no way to get anywhere. And I said, no, I'm not going to quit. Wow. And, you know, I think when you're com- that committed, I think eventually time, fate, circumstances, whatever you want to call it, show up in your favor. Mm. And, you know, I've always uh, kind of applied that since then is I decide I'm going to do something and I just don't quit till I get it done. That's wow. incredible. You know, sometimes you go and it's like, I've exhausted everything. I've done everything and nothing works. Yep. And somebody that you've worked with that I had the utmost respect for Tony Robbins. Mm-hmm. He is very well known for saying, you haven't tried everything. If you've tried everything, something would have worked. Yeah. If it worked for somebody, it can work for you. And you're here telling us now to just keep going, to truly hustle faithfully until you achieve what you set out to achieve, until yeah. you have realized that failure is not an option, that victory is the only option that I have to mm-hmm. go toward, and I will stop at nothing short of achieving victory. Well, it, it, you know, it's a the decision-making process is is critical. You know, some people set goals. I don't personally don't set goals. I don't write things down. Uh, people say, well, you don't write your goals down. No, I can remember them. I don't need to write them down. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> if you have to write them down to remember them, they're probably not based in a decision. So a decision right. is a foundation for everything that you that you accomplish in life, not the goal. The goal is out there someplace. You know, if you look at the game of football, it's a good example. There's the goal post, the goal line, and what they want to do is get across that goal line. But where, where do they focus? They don't focus on the goal line. They focus on the, the 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 play at hand. Let's run this play and then this play. And they keep running plays until they find a play that gets them across the goal line. And uh, But the decision determines how you show up. It creates a mindset that people can't resist or or they can't support because everybody's got a mindset. It's mm-hmm. just a, it's, it's which one is it? The one to stay away from or the one to follow? That's so right. a mindset determines how you show up to the world. It determines how those in the world show up to support you in your decision. So it's a mutually wow. beneficial thing. So. You know, if you don't want to be a millionaire, for example, you're not if you haven't decided to do that, you're not going to see an opportunity that's going to take you there. But if you yeah. decided to do that, nothing less than that will do, then you're going to see opportunity show up in your in your viewpoint. So it's um, it's so important to to make that decision. You mentioned Tony Robbins. Tony worked for me for about five years uh, when I first started. I was Jim Rohn's business partner and Tony was a salesperson we hired. And I think he was number one out of about 300 salespeople the second month. 
but he had that passion, man. <laughs> I never thought he'd do what he's done today, but what an incredible job he's done. Un unbelievable, really. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I'll share a story with you that, that I think every entrepreneur should, should really, really understand uh, if you want to be successful. I mean, there's multiple things that you have to do to be successful, but all of them are pretty simple. But one, if, uh, the, the foundation for everything, it was about probably 30 some years ago. I don't remember a friend of mine and I, we used to read the same books uh, off and on. And then we would get on the phone and talk about them and, and spend sometimes a, an hour or two just discussing one page in a book mm -hmm. and what it meant and what it meant for that person or for you. And, and so he called me one day and, and, and he said, would you look up? I remember he said, page 82. We were reading a little book called The Impersonal Life. And we spent about two hours on that one page and very in depth. And so at the end of our conversation, he said, Jim, what do you think the word resourceful means? I said, man, I, I said, I don't know. I guess using your imagination or being more productive. I said, why? He said, well, it's just an interesting word. And I said, yeah, I guess so. And that was the end of that, that conversation. Uh, a little bit later, we hung up. And about two, three hours later, I was driving home. It was before the Internet. So I, I, I was all I could think about was the word resourceful. And it just would not get out of my mind. So I get home and I go to the dictionary. And I look up the word. And resourceful is 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 defined as once again full of source and i thought hmm that's interesting depending on what you think source is and then i looked up the keyword source and the de definition kind of blew me away it said where all things originate wow not some things but all things originate in source wow. again depending on what you think source is hmm. and i became obsessed with that word and I started looking everywhere. I'd go into bookstores. I'd go into libraries. I'd look in different dictionaries, different versions of it, uh, origin of words, things like that. Couldn't find anything else other than what I'd, I'd found so far. And about a year and a half later, I was in um, a little town called Chester in the UK, in England. And uh, walking down the street, and I see a little sign on the back door of a building that said Antique Books. I thought, ooh, I love old books. So I go in the back door. And the first book I see is a dictionary about look like a foot thick. And it had a sign on it, do not open. Mm. And I thought that meant for you know people in the UK, not me. So I carefully <laughs> opened the book. And I, I guess I was prepared to buy it if I, if I destroyed it or something, I guess. Um, so I opened the book carefully and I looked up the word source. It had some of the same things that I'd seen before. And then I saw one word definition. It said source defined as love. I went, wow. wow. Once again, full of love. I thought wow. that's really powerful. All things originate in love. And I thought about that for about 15 minutes. And I'm going, how, do you, how would that apply to your life or to your business? And my conclusion was, that when you make a decision to do something, you fall in love with it. Wow. That's what creates the passion to keep you moving forward. The passion is a fuel that takes you where you want to go. Without that passion, 
we, we, we lose our way. So you fall in love with it. Wow. And I thought, I thought about that for a minute. And I thought, well, I'd heard that the only two emotions we ever experience in life is either based in love or fear. Mm-hmm. Then I stopped for a minute. I'm going, wait a minute. If everything, if, if everything's created in love, that's a source of everything, where does fear come from? And I thought, hmm, that's a flaw in the system or my thinking. And I thought about that for a little bit and I've gone, oh, I get it. We fall in love with fear. Wow. We create it ourselves. Wow. Fear mm. is not real. No fear is real. Wow. Somebody said one day, well, what about if a, a lion or a tiger or something or a bear is chasing you through the woods? Isn't that real fear? I'm going, no, it's real. It may be something you want to get away from. <laughs> it may be a good thing to, but I said, you make up the fear. Wow. Said, well, how do you make up the fear? And I said, well, you don't know what's going to happen when that lion catches you. Mm. So you're making up in your mind what's going to happen if it catches you. So it's the same thing. We make up in our mind what's going to happen if we fail. Wow. So, so a decision, a decision is a, if you look at a circle, a complete circle like this, mm-hmm. that's a full decision. That that's a decision that you fall in love with, and it doesn't allow for anything less. Wow. Now, <laughs> most people leave a little opening in their decision. And that's their escape route. You can wow. always hear it in their language. Man, I'm going to try this as hard as I can. Well, try is defined as to struggle. Mm-hmm. Take, that, take right. that out of your language right away. Right. <laughs> but they leave a little opening just in case it doesn't work so they don't look bad. Right. That's their excuse. That's their fear that's, that's leaving that gap. And when I look back at my life, when I went through that burnout, um, I, I had made such a strong decision that night that I, I saw the business opportunity. I said to myself, I can do this and I can get rich doing it, whatever that meant. Um, and, and I said, and I'm going to do it no matter what people right. say, well, what, in, what kept you going? I said, I think it was desperation and inspiration. Wow. I didn't see another way based on my experience, my background mm-hmm. to do anything remarkable. Uh, to do anything to get ahead in life, uh, to provide for my family more than just getting by. I, I, I didn't see that. Right. Uh, so I think desperation and then the inspiration to be able to have that um, actually was what I saw. So anyway, I think if everybody really looked at and, and, and everything was really founded in falling in love with what you have completely, you get much further ahead. Wow. That's definitely mic drop. I mean, there is so much packed in, in, in that. I mean, like there are so many life nuggets that were packed in what you just said that yeah. you don't even know where to begin. I, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this again myself. I mean, <laughs> it's it's so powerful because, you know, you went through such a, a, a mindset shift in how you went from seeing life in one in one one period of your life where you were making 15 cents you know uh for i guess was it uh, was it per pound that you were getting at that time two cents a pound yeah. two cents per pound to going from that 
in a relatively short period of time to where you have all these opportunities because of the hard work, because you never quit, you never gave yeah. up. And people saw what you were doing, even when you did it in the shadows. Right. You know, so you you didn't necessarily do it for the notoriety. You did it because you had responsibilities. Yeah. You know, and, I, so, and I didn't do it to beat other people like in the factory. Right. They mm -hmm. rated us on an efficiency. They would say, you've got this job to do with so many wire ends and connections on these switchboards we were wiring. And mm -hmm. you got a certain amount of time to do it. And if you finish it in that time, you made a you 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 ran a hundred percent. Right. If you did eighty-five and below, you could get fired. And anything over a hundred, you got a little tiny bonus. You got put put into a pool, but everybody got the same bonus out of that pool. Wow. Well, I was at my best month was four hundred and fifty-seven percent. So mm -hmm. I was doing the job of four point five seven people, and wow. still making the same amount of money that everybody else was making. But I I competed with myself. Mm -hmm. sure. uh, you know, it, it, you know, that we, you know, the competition is always within anyway. That's right. Yeah. Just strive to be, to strive to be better, not, not to beat other people, but just to be better. And right. I think unsuccessful people always look at competition anyway. They're trying to beat the competition. Successful people look at collaboration. There you go. Thank they you. want to collaborate. They want to learn from each other. That's right. Um, that's right. That's, uh, that's, that's critical. I think in today's world. Absolutely. For everybody that is watching this broadcast, there is a QR code in the corner of the screen that will take you to more information about how you can connect with Jim Britt. Also at the bottom of the screen, you will see the URL of becomeacoauthor.com. That is another endeavor that Mr. Jim Britt has. And here is one of his recent books called Cracking the Rich Code. This is a collaboration effort between so many amazing authors and you get each person's perspective on the topic of the book. This is an amazing book and a must read for anybody who has not read it and a reread for anybody that has read it. So you have two ways here. You can scan the QR code or for our listening audience, go to becomeacoauthor.com and find out more about working with Mr. Jim Britt. He's given us an amazing, amazing story already of his, one of his burnouts to breakthroughs. What's yours? We've all experienced burnout at some point. And the whole purpose of this series that we are having these amazing guests come on here is to help encourage you that no matter how far your accomplishment seems, no matter how far your success seems, I'm here to urge you, it's a lot closer than you think it is. Yeah. If you have tried everything and it's not working, try just one more thing and then one more thing because something will crack, something will break. There's an old saying that practice makes perfect. Personally, I do not agree with that. Perfect practice makes perfect. You keep practicing something the wrong way, you may learn, hey, this is not right, and you change it and you get better. But when you're practicing things in the correct way, that's how you improve. And one of the ways to improve and condense decades down into days is to align yourself with somebody like the amazing Jim Britt and get in with the Jim Britt coaching and get in with his books. And you will learn so much. And like I just said, you will truly be able to condense decades down into days. Yeah. 
The man's already dropped some massive, massive life nuggets with us. He's already done some drop the mic comments already. What else do you have to share with our listening and viewing audience in order to encourage them to keep going no matter how hard it may seem right now? This too shall pass. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll give you one of the key components to staying on track, but uh, they, the, the link scrolling across the bottom, become a co-author uh, real quickly. That's, uh, that's a, a book collaboration. We have 20 co-authors in each book. Uh, it, my business partner is Kevin Harrington from the TV show Shark Tank and uh, Tony Robbins endorsed it. So it's a PR marketing, branding, lead generation for people in the business of helping others live a better life in some way. Coaches, speakers, entrepreneurs, consultants, authors, that type of thing. We're in our 12th volume of that right now. So pretty, pretty cool. Also includes a mastermind session uh, each month to go along with it. But um, so, so some of the critical components, you know, of being successful other than, you know, you got to have a desire. First of all, you, you have to make a decision to do whatever it is you're going to do, whatever level of success that you want to attain uh, or whatever it is you want to accomplish. And we do it all the time. You just got to look at the things that you've fallen in love with and accomplished. So treat everything the same way. If you're not in love with it, I'd say don't do it or re redefine it. Um, and then you have to take action. Um, and so many people are, are getting ready to get going, but they never get going. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they get ready to get going because of fear holds them back. But there's always something you can do today. Yeah, maybe you have to plan. You have to change something. You have to do something different um, to get totally ready. But there's always something you can do to move yourself forward in any project that you're working on. So always look for the action you can take today and don't don't let fear slow you down by saying, well, I can't, I can't make a call on a company without a business card. Well, become memorable without the business card. You know, <laughs> you don't need that. I mean, if you, if you need it, fine, but don't wait is what I'm saying. So, and then when you take action, what's going to happen is you're going to come face to face with a lot of discomfort. I mean, looking at my my first year, do you think it was uncomfortable for me to talk to 10 people every day? And you know, I worked in a factory with uh, the, the people I worked around was only about 20 people in my area. And I didn't know all of them very well. And I'd never gone out and talked to strangers ever. And I went out and started 10 a day. Um, and yeah, I was doing it wrong. I was I was practicing. <laughs> I was perfecting the wrong thing. Right. You know. <laughs> Out of all of that, uh, I got rejected 3,650 times, um, made one sale. People say, you did all of that, made one sale. Well, that one sale made me half a million dollars, wow. uh, plus some more uh, after that as well. We, we did more projects together. Um, but you're going to experience some discomfort because the you that you are now the income level you are now, you've got to, to grow to the next level. You've got to become a different person, right? You got to, you got to become somebody different. If you want more money, you've got to become somebody different in, in your, in your mind about, about money or about business or about whatever it is you're working on. It doesn't matter. Uh, it requires a different you is all I'm saying. And when you, when you look at becoming a different you, there's always discomfort involved. Right. And that's where a lot of people quit. You know, somebody goes out and 
sets a New Year's resolution to lose 50 pounds. And you probably already have people out there right now that's saying, come the new year, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. <laughs> right. Right. Well, how about the next four months? That's right. You know? That's right. You've already, you already told if somebody even five days before New Year, New Year's Day that they're going to set that New Year's resolution five days before, I'd say you're not going to follow through. Why not start today? Don't That's wait right. for the new year. You don't need a, a, a starting point. The starting point is right now when you make the decision to do it. Mm -hmm. But but it's uncomfortable. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna lose 50 pounds, it's uncomfortable to do that because you got to do something different. You, know, you got to eat differently. Maybe you got to exercise. You go join the gym. You start working out. But about the 15th of the month, they forget about their gym membership and they start weighing out the pain of changing versus the pain of staying where they are. Right. And most people choose the pain of staying where they are because it's way more fun to eat potato chips sitting on the sofa watching TV. Wow. Instead of exercising. I mean, wow. just to be blunt, that's exactly what it is. But the same way with with money or anything else, you know, we weigh out the pain of changing with the pain of staying where we are and more than not. More times than not, we we stay where we are because there's less pain. Wow. I mean, it's painful to go out and get rejected by people. Without a doubt. But you know what? People ask me today how I handle rejection. And I said, man, I did that 3,650 times. I don't have to do it anymore. Um, wow. And I never really looked at it back then as rejection. I don't, you know, um, I just think, you know, if somebody says no, they just said no, it's not for them. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, Mr. Britt, is that where this quote, I think there was a quote that you had where you where you said uh, life is a journey, not so much to destination, but uh, to transformation. Mm -hmm. um, I think that came from the, the uh, life choices, uh, the small, small group leaders guide. Uh, to, but what you just said is a part of that whole process where in your mind, if you let those those uh, times where you got rejected, if that was your ultimate goal, to, a yes from every person that you talk to and not there being a transformation in how you went, the processes that you put in place and the things that you did in order to get the desired result, you would have quit a long time ago if the destination yeah. was the goal. So it was life transformation. It was mindset transformation over ultimately like you said with the football team the goal line wasn't the goal mm -hmm. it's this play that i gotta run right now that's a part of this journey that will help me transform my position on the field to where i'm in proximity to the goal line so i'm able to cross it so yeah. it's amazing what you've just shared and i pray that everyone that's listening understands that it's the transformation that's more important than the actual destination oh absolutely um and that was transformative to me. And then when the, the fellow spent two hours with me, uh, I, I call him a mentor. I only saw him one time mm -hmm. and um, spent two hours with me in the direct, on the direct sales uh, company. And he asked me a few questions because people always ask, well, what changed? What, what did you change uh, to, to become that successful? Mm -hmm. And the first thing he asked me was, he said, how do you know if you have a viable prospect? And I said, I, I don't know, man. I said, I guess if they buy from you. And he said, no. He said, how do you know if there's even a possibility of buying from you? And I said, I don't know. He said, that's obvious. <laughs> and, 
And uh, he said, well, you have to arrive at three destinations to have a prospect. Number one, do they have a pain or a problem? If they don't, you don't have a prospect. Number two, do they want to solve it? And number three, can you solve it? I remember I, I had a, a product that I was marketing, uh, a new weight loss product years back. But I'll never forget, I was having coffee with this little group of guys one morning at, at a Starbucks. And and this guy was, all, he always had a, like 50 pounds extra right in his stomach. And he was talking about, uh, you know, he had high blood pressure and all this stuff and probably needs to lose some weight or something. So as I leave, he walked out standing on the sidewalk out, outside and he said so what are you working on these days so i'm telling him about this new new uh, uh product that i was launching and i said so if you know of anybody that would like to lose a, a few pounds or, or i said do you know of anybody that would like to lose a few pounds he said no can't think of anybody <laughs> so you know he had a pain or a problem he knew he had the, but he's not willing to solve it right yeah, yeah. so you don't have a prospect right. so and then he said so he said, here, I said, well, how, how do I know if they have a pain or a problem? So that's a good question. He said, you ask questions and you listen. You start a conversation. I said, what kind of questions? He said, it doesn't matter. I said, okay, I'm confused. I said, it doesn't matter what questions? He said, no. He said, you're at a wedding and you meet somebody. He said, your conversation might be, hey, what brings you here? Are you a friend of the bride or the groom? You just started a conversation. Right. And they'll say, well, I'm a friend of the groom. How, how long have you known him? Well, we went to college together. Really? What did you study in college? Well, I studied this or that. Well, uh, what do you do today? What's your, what's your profession? See, people will, and if you're really, really interested and listen, people will share with you their deepest pains. Wow. They will. Now, if you, they feel like you're trying to sell them something, and, and it should never be like that. In fact, he told me, he said, if you apply this one thing in your life, he said, you'll never lack for money. You'll never lack for friends. And you'll one day build a network worldwide. Wow. And I said, what is that? And he said, every time you meet a person, doesn't matter what the situation is, doesn't have to be about business. Uh, in fact, most of the time it will not be, but it could be about business. But he said, always be thinking, what can I do to help this person? Mm-hmm. And he said, if you ask questions and you listen intently and really care, he said, people will share their deepest feelings with you and you'll find things that you can help them with. Not to get paid for it, just to help them. And even if you're doing it in, in the nature of business, he said, you you really want it. You don't want to just sell somebody something. You want it to fulfill some some pain that they have to take care of that pain. And wow. it's so that that changed my whole approach, ask questions, listen, find out what their pains are, if they want to solve it, and can you solve it? Wow. And, you know, I've applied that in my life for the last of 45 years. Wow. So, That's a great philosophy point. to have for everybody. Just think if everybody did that in the world. Absolutely. You're right. I will never forget the time where I met you in San Diego. We were out on the sidewalk and we were walking. And... I simply asked you for your phone number and you willingly gave it over to me real quick. Now at that point in full transparency, I didn't know your credentials. I didn't know who you were yet. You were willing to give me your personal information like that. And then after I started studying up on you, I'm like, wow, 
there's no way that this is the same person. He was so <laughs> humble. He was so honorable. He was so forthcoming with wanting to help. And he had no idea who I was. So I can see with just the story that you just now told in the brief interaction that I had with you there, I truly see that this is how you live your life. That it's not just, uh, I'm in front of a camera, I'm on a podcast right now, and I want people to come to becomeacoauthor.com, so I'm going to put out a nice story. No, no, this is the way that he lives. This is who he is. So in any way that you have an opportunity to connect with Mr. Jim Britt, do so. Again, for our viewers, the QR code's in the upper corner, and for our listeners, becomeacoauthor.com. You can also look him up through Google and you will find a plethora of information about the man. And it is our great honor to have him here with us on the Hustle Faithfully podcast where he is just pouring so much wisdom and knowledge into not only us, but everybody that's listening. Right, right. So I know you mentioned with your book that it is really a marketing tool. It is getting out there. And on the book that I'm holding up right now, like you said, Kevin Harrington's on here. Tony Robbins is on here. Of course, you're on here. It's your book. And you give a book to somebody, and your picture's alongside of these powerhouses. You just gained instant credibility. For those of you listening that are not familiar with a book, obviously, we all know what a book is. But being an author, being a co-author, it's not really even so much about the information you're getting out. However, that can be life-changing. I've been in a collaboration book myself that went bestseller. I have two of my own personal books that one of them's went bestseller. The other one, we're going to get there. But the thing is, the information, although it is life-changing and life-altering, you also become a, an authority in the field on which your book is about. And when you have somebody like Jim Britt Kevin Harrington and Tony Robbins on the cover of the book with you, man, it's a no-brainer. If you are looking for an instant credibility push, but not only looking at this for what you get from it, because I've talked about what you get from being in a book, but when you look at the information that you are to share with people, and when you look at the information that you're able to give that is going to outlive you, you're able to transform lives. So a great way to do that, especially for somebody that's never been in a book, is to get in a collaboration with somebody like Jim Britt. He clearly has the backing. He clearly has the history to know exactly what to do. 15 number one New York Times, or 15 number one bestsellers. That's amazing. International bestsellers at that. So getting in with somebody like Jim Britt and his team is amazing. Uh, Jim, we'd like to thank you for your time today. Do you have any last parting words that you could share with our listeners and viewers on how to take their life to the next level and get over the burnout that they may be experiencing even right now? Yeah, you know, everything um, has to be simple. If, if it's complex, people won't follow it. And, and typically, it doesn't end with the result that they're looking for. You know, if you, I have a, uh, one of my programs called The Power of Letting Go. And 
Basically, most people spend about 90% of their waking hours focused on what's not working in their life, whether they realize it or not. Uh, but if you become aware and observant of yourself, you'll see that you're focused on a lot of things that don't take you where you want to go. And mostly it's things over which you have no control. Right. Um, so when you let go of the things that you have no control over, you free up your energy and your your thought process and your and your power. You're back into your true power. Uh, when we're when we're focused on those things that don't take you where you're out of your power and things that get created are in that in that spot where I think it was Einstein said we only use 10 percent of our brain. What he meant, I think, was that we're on we're only using it 10 uh, percent of the time. The other 90 percent we're we're out of, you know, we're out of focused on things that we don't want to want that we don't want in our life. And so the point is. If you want a simple success formula, here it is. Once you decide what you want in any area of your life, it doesn't matter what it is, whether you want to change your health or you want to, you know, heal your body or you want to make more money or have a business. Once you've decided what it is you want, that nothing less than that will do. From that point forward, I call it self-observation. Every action you take from that point forward is going to move you toward that or away from it. Mm. There is no gray area. Wow. Ever. Wow. It's black and white. Uh, you know, you, you want to lose weight is a good example. And you think, well, I've been on this stringent diet for uh, which you probably shouldn't be on anyway. It's just changing your eating habits. But you've been on the you've been on this for a, a, a month and I deserve to reward myself. So I'm going to go have a Big Mac. Well, the question is, I'm not judging it. Uh, the question is, is that going to take you in the direction you want to go or take you away from it? Right. It's it's black or white. It's that simple. There's no gray. Well, it's not that bad just eating one hamburger. It either is or it isn't. Wow. You know, it's either it's either creating disease or creating health. That's right. Wow. So and it's the same way with anything you're trying to accomplish. Is this moving me in the direction I want to go? Is this action I'm taking right now? And it, it requires self-observation, not just self-awareness. That's not enough. Self-awareness tells you you have the problem. Self-observation self catches yourself in the midst of the problem. Mm. You know, so in the midst of conflict. And to me, all conflict is self-conflict. Because mm. it takes two to have conflict. And if you don't participate, there is none. Wow. 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 State. Mr. Britt, thank you so much. We want to honor your time. We know that you have uh, other engagements. Um, guys, if you want to live life in your own terms, as Mr. Britt has shared, don't make choices. Make a decision. Make a decision. Mr. Britt, we want to thank you for being here on the Hustle Faithfully podcast uh, today. And um, like I said, we pray that you would have a, uh, really an opportunity to continue doing what you're doing, not just in a, in a place like this, but in other, other, uh, on other platforms and other um, places where you can really pour out that information that you poured out today, that you could do the same uh, in other venues and other spaces with other people, because your source, I know what your source is. You know, I know your source is, is, is uh, uh, God himself. You know, I can see that in how you live your life and the way that you treat other people. So I hope that you get everything that God has planned for you. And I thank you for sharing that time with us today. 
Thank you so much for My being pleasure. with us today on the Hustle Faithfully podcast. Everybody head on over to becomeacoauthor.com and get in the book series with Mr. Jim Britt and Kevin Harrington. Everybody remain blessed and unstoppable. We'll see you again very, very soon.